Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you've joined us. And again, as we get further into the fallout from the coronavirus pandemic, I am especially glad that you have chosen to spend some time with us talking about this issue, discussing the things that are changing in our lives, and maybe helping each other out with tips and advice about how to get through all of this, how to hold it together financially, how to hold it together emotionally. I think we should all keep in mind that the worst is almost certainly still ahead of us, and we will need each other uh, deeply in these coming days and weeks and perhaps months. And we want to make sure that here on Detroit Today, we are providing the forum that we always do for all of that, that we are welcoming you each day here to the station and to this conversation. Up first today, Michigan hospitals are bracing for a surge of patients amid the growing coronavirus pandemic. And here to talk about what kinds of preparations they're making is Jay Green. He is a healthcare reporter for Crane's Detroit Business. Jay, welcome to Detroit Today. Morning, Stevenson. Hey. Uh, what does it currently look like in Michigan hospitals? And tell us how they're handling the cases that they're already seeing. Well, I've been a healthcare reporter and covering the environment, too, for 42 years, I hate to say, and nobody's uh, seen anything like this, not since 1918. Um, it, it seems like we're living in a Wolfgang P- Peterson movie uh, mm-hmm. where fiction is, is fact. Um, and the, the, the doctors and the hospital executives I've talked to are are very uh, very uncertain about uh, what to, what to do. What what triggered a poll? Um, I mean, I've talked to doctors and nurses, and some are afraid to take care of their patients. Um, it's uh, there's there's uh, several healthcare providers that are tested positive for COVID um, uh, in Michigan because of what's happened in Kirkland, Washington. The, uh, the nursing homes here began locking down earlier. Uh, but um, as everyone's reported, we've got a case of COVID in a senior living center, uh, and and a young person at a school, I think in South Lyon, has come down with uh, the coronavirus, and we we may have w- waited too long uh, to lock down society. I mean, I would have said uh, three or four days ago, I would have said the hospital and uh, executives. Uh, that I've talked to were somewhat in denial about what's happening. And really the last day or so, uh, they're starting to talk more and more about uh, postponing, canceling elective surgeries uh, that that could uh, result in um, uh, a lot of uh, uh, doctors um, uh, talking to their patients about delaying. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of elective surgeries that really aren't necessary, you know, the tummy tucks, the cosmetic surgeries, mm-hmm. a hip and knee replacement type surgeries, that could free up some capacity in beds. Uh, but uh, it, 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 if they bring beds into play and they do more testing, that creates other issues. I mean, we don't really have enough personal protective equipment out there. I mean, uh, th- there's a lot of... Um, uncertainty, like I said before. Uh, but I, I think in the next couple of days, the hospitals 
and the uh, medical centers uh, are going to uh, make some pretty uh, drastic announcements, and I think probably everybody shouldn't be surprised, I guess. So, so one of the things that I think is running through lots of people's minds is how prepared we are generally for something like this. And we're seeing different sort of examples crop up of really lack of preparation, uh, the, the, the government response, for instance, and how delayed it has been is one of the things that I think people are quite critical of. But give us a sense of how well hospitals, which is which are the front lines in, in a, a crisis like this, how well they prepare and how well they are prepared for this kind of thing to happen. Are they also caught flat-footed here? Part of it is because they've been trying to be more efficient um, with how many uh, beds they staff. I mean, uh, the, the, the whole industry is really try, been trying to reduce costs really for 20, 25 years, e- even more. Uh, and, and so the availability of beds, the availability of nurses uh, and other caregivers really uh, almost down to bare bones. Uh, so are they prepared? I, they've got these emergency preparedness uh, plans, uh, but uh, I'm not sure they, uh, they... They also are tracking uh, uh, patient uh, coming into their ER, uh, feedback from their doctors. I talked to Bob Riney at Henry Ford uh, a couple of days ago, and they're ready to... Uh, postpone, cancel elective surgeries. They're ready to uh, convert uh, 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 IC units into uh, basically COVID-19 units. That's what Michigan Medicine mm-hmm. announced yesterday. Uh, but they're waiting to see if they're getting more uh, people coming into their ER and um, uh, exhibiting these uh, signs, uh, flu-like symptoms, uh, they'll, they'll run a test on that, and if they're uh, negative for that, then they uh, will refer to uh, a state lab or a private lab. That's that's starting to do tests. We just don't have enough testing in South Korea and Italy. They already started population community type testing. We really uh, haven't started that yet, but but we are talking about it. Um, but the, the, if the good news yesterday is uh, the last 24 hours, at least, we only had one positive uh, COVID-19 case. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that uh, is uh, some um, uh, relief to people, uh, but uh, I mean the estimates of, of hospitalizations and deaths are range from CDC uh, worst case scenario 1.7 people. 1.7 million people mm-hmm. uh, might die. Uh, the AHA did a little, uh, American Hospital Association did a little estimate. Their expert uh, estimated uh, as many as 350,000 people would die. I mean, I've talked to uh, Dr. Jeff Band, the, the former chief epidemiologist at Beaumont, told me that those numbers are probably way, way far out. He's estimating 25,000 uh, nationally. Uh, so do we have enough hospital beds? Not really. If it's 90%, we don't have really the capacity right now. You see what uh, uh, Governor Cuomo's uh, asking for, uh, asking Trump for the last couple of days. He wants an Army Corps of 
engineers to come in and build some more hospitals and the National Guard uh, to set up mass units. Uh, so they're they're trying to try to uh, separate people that are normal sick uh, from uh, flu from possible COVID. But um, it's I, I hate to uh, alarm everybody, but uh, this uh, hospitals are are not prepared actually. Mm. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. My guest is Jay Green. He is a healthcare reporter for Crane's Detroit Business. We're talking about how prepared hospitals are for the coronavirus pandemic as we expect to see a real surge in patients. Are they ready for that surge, or will they be overwhelmed? If you want to join the conversation... Give us a call. Tell us what questions you have about how our health system is or isn't equipped to deal with COVID-19 here in Michigan. Have you been to the hospital recently? Did you notice any differences in the way things were being run or how that experience felt compared to past visits? Uh, Do you have an elective procedure coming up that uh, you are thinking about canceling? Uh, And are you afraid, perhaps, to go to the hospital right now, given the contagion of this particular disease. <clears throat> Give us a call and let us know what your experience has been <clears throat> so far with uh, with hospitals here in, in Southeast Michigan. As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and we'll work you into the conversation. We would especially love to hear from people who are working in hospitals. Give us a sense of the way in which you are preparing for this surge in patients. What's going on at your workplace uh, right now? And how prepared do you feel your hospital is for what we are what we are likely to see? Again, 313-577-1019 is the number uh, on the phones. Uh, and uh, you can also go to Facebook and Twitter and put comments there. And we'll try to work you. Um, we'll try to work you in the conversation, uh, Jay. Before we get to listeners, you wrote recently about the new restrictions on visitors being implemented by the state. How are hospitals dealing with that kind of thing so far? Well, my, my story kind of outlined how every hospital has a little different. Um, rule in place. Um, some are very, very stringent, like DMC. Basically, they are not allowing anybody to go in um, as a visitor uh, if, um, in, in, unless there's uh, some real need uh, to go in. Uh, and it, it's, it's pretty blanket. Um, there's, um, I've talked to some doctors, and they've told me why uh, DMC has a lot of uninsured uh, people who come into the uh, ER. Uh, just yesterday, four came in exhibiting uh, really serious conditions, um, and they were sent immediately up into uh, an isolation area. Uh, but uh, and it's not just DMC. Uh, a lot of um, uh, Carmanos also is limiting um Patients uh, essentially, m- most are most are uh, 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 are placing security people at one or two entrances. Uh, people will come in; they'll state the reason why they want to see. Um, 
a relative or a friend, and uh, they'll make a decision at the desk. They'll, uh, in some cases, screen uh, the, uh, the, the the visitor. Uh, uh, there's different screening mechanisms. Uh, Henry Ford is taking temperatures and listening to uh, to lungs, hmm. uh, and and just uh, visually observing people, and and will uh, uh, refuse uh, a visitor to uh, to uh, to enter, and possibly even send them over to the ER for further evaluation. Uh, and, and it's really not uh, uniform. I, I would recommend anybody, and what pretty much hospitals are recommending is, is to call, if you've got somebody in the hospital, call them up on the telephone uh, or uh, call up the hospital and find out exactly if, uh, if, if, if the patient can be seen. They, they may be in an area where uh, the, nobody is allowed. Uh, some, some patients uh, are... Uh, they, some hospitals are running out of ICUs uh, with respirators, and they're uh, putting uh, suspected uh, uh, flu or COVID patients uh, among um, other patients. I talked to a doctor yesterday. She was very concerned. Uh, she uh, 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 treats diabetes patients, and uh, there was a. Uh, uh, she went in to uh, check on uh, the, her patient and. Uh, right in the next uh, room, there were nurses coming in and out with these N95 uh, face masks. Uh, they're really like head masks, some of them, uh, with gowns and gloves. She didn't have anything like that. Wow. And uh, it was right next door, and she was very concerned about uh, her uh, patient who's got all these underlying health conditions uh, somehow breathing in one of these droplets. Uh, so it's, uh, I, I would recommend everybody just um, um, make some phone calls uh, to the hospital or to, uh, to the, the, the person they want to visit uh, before, they, before they go. Mm. Uh, Rebecca on Twitter says uh, to, that she was curious about test availability. Uh, sure, there's only been one case yesterday, but the, she says she's heard of four symptomatic people being being turned away after yeah. asking their docs for for testing what what, what is going on at hospitals with well with that's that's another thing there's been a lot of discussion about the drive through testing uh, i've written a story about that also uh, some of these large academic teaching hospitals university of michigan henry ford uh, uh, St. Joe's and Ann Arbor uh, applying to the FDA to do their own tests uh, uh, following kind of uh, CDC guidelines with a, a few tweaks based on the in- instruments. Um, and, and there's been some private labs, uh, LabCorp and Quest, that uh, are taking some of these samples. Uh, basically, they're, they're being, uh, the tests are being performed out of state, uh, but it's usually a quicker turnaround, uh, uh, but uh, the CDC protocol requires uh, a doctor, a nurse practitioner, advanced pra- practice uh, provider to uh, approve any kind of test, and they're really limited. Uh, some doctors are uh, very conservative. Uh, they're concerned that there's, uh, again, not enough uh, I mean, we talk about are there enough tests in, um, available for people? There aren't. Uh, maybe later this uh, week there may be more. Uh, but 
even when that happens, even even if let's just say hypothetically uh, every person could uh, could be tested based on um, the availability of the test kits themselves, the reagents, that that sort of thing. There's not enough personal protective gear, uh, and and. It, it, your, some of your listeners may be nurses and, and know what that means. I mean, it's an N95 mask, it's a gown, it's uh, gloves. Uh, they have to do the swab test. Uh, you're swabbing inside the na- uh, nasal cavity and in the back of the throat. When, when you swab, I don't know if anybody's ever put their finger in their mouth before uh, down, down their throat, but you're going to cough. Uh, when that happens, you, you swab the back of your throat and you're going to cough and, and, and you don't want to, uh, you don't want to be a healthcare provider without a mask and protective gear getting coughed uh, on, on a patient you don't know has COVID or not. So that's a real, there's a lot of limitations on testing and I think there's a lot of frustration out there. Uh, these drive-through, if I could just m- mention one thing, these mm-hmm. drive-through testing, uh, sites that the hospitals are starting to set up, uh, they're pretty much, they're trying to limit them to almost like appointments. Like, call your hospital first, get an appointment. I'm not sure exactly how it's going to work, if they're going to give you, you know, a secret code. You come up to the uh, drive up testing and you, you give them a password and they say, okay, you're clear here, we'll, we'll swab your throat, uh, w- what have you, and then uh, we'll take your phone number and and let you know if it's positive or negative and, and what to do. Mm. Uh, but that, that is a real concern. A lot of people aren't uh, getting tested uh, and uh, probably need to be tested. Because uh, uh, One more thing. There's a study that just came out yesterday. Five to ten times the number of people tested positive uh, 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 are, are walking around untested mm-hmm. with, with the virus. Uh, and they're asymptomatic. They may they may never come down with anything. But you go visit your grandmother or someone that uh, has some underlying medical condition. You could pass it to them, and boom, now they're exposed to it. So that 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 is something that United States uh, should have jumped on back in November, December. Uh, World Health Organization offered uh, United States CDC uh, to uh, access to their uh, testing protocol, and the United States government thought, well, we can do it better, and we know what's happened. There's mm-hmm. been a lot of failures uh, to, to, uh, to, uh, with, with the actual test kits, and also uh, there's not enough re- reagents to to perform the test too, so uh, it, it, it's uh, it's that's why everyone says it's going to get worse because there's not enough population testing right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go to Elena in Detroit. Elena, welcome to the show. Good morning. Hey. Hi. Yeah, I'm a regular visitor to a nursing home patient, and now we're told that we cannot visit nursing homes. I just want to say that visitors are really sometimes the only form of oversight in the terribly understaffed nursing homes huh. and the patients are really at the mercy of whatever is happening. Huh. I'll hang up and listen. Yeah. Elena, I appreciate uh, the call and the comments. Uh, Jay Green, uh, what about folks in, in, in nursing homes? That's a, it's an entirely different dimension of, uh, of this problem. I hadn't thought of that. Um, that's true. Uh, 
everyone's seen TV shows, probably got own personal experiences of going into the hospital uh, or going into a nursing home, uh, seeing uh, their mother, father, sister, cousin, whatever, uh, 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 without any water, uh, without uh, the blankets on the floor. Uh, uh, There's uh, complaints that they have. And you go and you go find a nurse. uh, You go find a doctor. Uh, and then you um, you try you're basically a, a case manager, uh, and and that happens uh, every day uh, with uh, in in healthcare facilities, and that catches a lot of medical errors. So that's a good point. You uh, pe- people are uh, kind of the backstops uh, to make sure that uh, their friend or loved one is uh, is being uh, cared for properly, and if they're not allowed in there. Uh, there's just not enough staff to to do everything, and people forget. Uh, you know, that people are. I I, I wrote yesterday. Uh, a Beaumont doctor told me that uh, over the weekend, a lot of nurses didn't come in. A lot of other support people didn't come in. Look what happened with the, the bus drivers this morning. They just didn't come in. I don't know what's happening at at nursing homes, but I'm sure uh, they're being encouraged. If you feel sick, not to come in. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm sure some of them uh, are taking that up, and there's probably short staffing everywhere. Hmm. Okay, Jay Green, healthcare reporter for Crane's Detroit Business. It's really great to have you here with us on Detroit Today. Thanks for coming by. Thanks a lot, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Have a good one. Bye. Up next, we're going to talk with the CEO of the United Way for Southeast Michigan about the ways that local nonprofits are helping low-income folks through this really tough time. Stay with us on Detroit Today.